Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Behind-the-scenes experience in Washington and around the world. Here's the opinion page editor of the Deseret News, Boyd Matheson, on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Inside Sources. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor of the Deseret News. Great to be with you on a very somber Monday in the United States of America. Uh, many people still reeling from a weekend of violence and tragedy, two mass shootings taking place in El Paso, Texas, and in Dayton, Ohio. We're going to break down today uh, not only what took place, but more importantly, what comes next. And we're going to share in our, our next segment, we actually have a solution, a 21-day solution that will move the country forward or get us leaders who will move us forward Uh, So you don't want to miss that. Stick around. We're going to have that conversation today. We're going to break it down from a host of different angles today just to give you a feel and flavor for what people are thinking and where people are looking to go next. Uh, Jenny Howe will join us uh, talking about the mental health component to this. Representative Brian King, who's been a great leader in terms of the red flag laws, uh, will join us by phone today as well. We'll have uh, a little bit of audio from a conversation I had with Joseph Grinney uh, about a month and a half ago. Uh, where we actually talked about these kinds of shootings and what does it take to influence the behavior uh, and change the dynamic. So you want to stay tuned for that. We'll do that at the top of the 2 o'clock hour. Doug Wilkes, editor of the Deseret News, will join us today to give a little behind the scenes in terms of what takes place in the newsroom uh, in these kind of scenarios, what kind of decisions are made, how does that impact what gets reported, what doesn't, and how that uh, tends to shape and drive Uh, commentary, public opinion, and uh, the discussion that we have as a nation. Uh, We'll also talk about uh, some interesting things just in terms of crisis communication, what happens in these kinds of events. Uh, Some of the most memorable uh, speeches and moments in in history have come on the back end of these kinds of tragedies. So we'll listen to some audio of some that I think got it right. Bobby Kennedy, for one, Uh, maybe one of the greatest speeches ever given that he delivered the night of the Martin Luther King assassination that he delivered uh, in a uh, neighborhood, a ghetto in Indiana on the back of a flatbed truck uh, that may still be one of the best uh, in-the-moment speeches that I think I've uh, ever heard. So we're going to drive through all of that as we go through the day today and break things down. And, and most important, we're going to look at where where do we go next? That's what really matters and as always, I want to know what's on your mind. And uh, we'll we'll open up the text line 
And uh, again, that's our Utah Community Credit Union text line, 57500, I want to know what you're thinking, but I want you to I want you to frame it in terms of what do you think is next? Uh, I'm not interested in a lot of texts that are pointing fingers or placing blame at anybody because there's plenty of that to go around. And we got we got more finger pointing going on than uh, than we can count right now. Uh, and rightly so. There are some <laughs> some things that have to be answered. There are issues that have to be addressed. Uh, but I, I don't want to just open up a text line to just have uh, a lot of hate speech going on and uh, finger pointing. So if you have something interesting that you've been thinking, hey, I wonder if this would help the situation or well, why haven't we done this or why don't we try that? That's what I want to hear from you today. So get your get your serious thinking going on and then shoot us a text. Utah Community Credit Union text line five, seven, five, zero, zero. And we'll share those as we go throughout in some elevated dialogue and discussion in terms of where do we go from here? We, we keep finding ourselves in these moments and they just keep coming full circle for us and so as we as we looked at at saturday you know saturday morning should have been just a typical august morning in texas and in dayton ohio Uh, in texas you had people out doing their grocery shopping doing some back to school shopping and it just should have been a really nice early August day. But instead, both both of those places, by 1 a.m. the next morning, uh, were crime scenes. They were scenes of horror and hate and carnage and death and all the awful things that we've seen over the last 48 hours in terms of what has taken place. Now, the interesting thing to me, though, is that uh, and I, I had a chance to just sit and watch it play out. Uh, I was actually scheduled to do some national media on some political issues over the weekend uh, and ended up uh, doing more radio and and just watching the coverage uh, of what was really rolling out. And one of the things that emerged to me from the positive side is that even in the wake of those kinds of tragedies, uh, Americans have demonstrated again just how quickly we can come together in those moments. I mean, immediately there was outreach and outpouring of sympathy. There were long lines for people to, to donate blood. Donations came in for, for monuments and supporting victims and victims' family. America's really good at moments, but we have failed miserably in our ability to foster sustainable movements, movements that actually create lasting change. And so this is the thing that I want everyone to think about today. One, moments are easy, easy to engage in a moment. Some big cataclysmic seismic event occurs and we react and we react with heartfelt emotion. That's good. We're humans. That's what we should do. But sadly, we see more of an inclination to react with an equal measure of anger and contempt. As I said before, pointing fingers, placing blame, uh, that becomes the acceptable response. It's not acceptable. And then, this is the really sad part, inevitably, the moment passes. And everybody moves on. We all have busy lives. Uh, I often equate this to when you're driving on a really slick highway in the middle of a snowstorm and you, you come up to an accident. And for a moment, you see that accident and everything changes. You slow down. You're really cautious. 
You've got your hands on, both hands tightly on the wheel. You're scanning. You're looking. So for a minute, everything changes for that moment. But then you keep driving. You get a few miles behind you. The accident kind of fades in the rearview mirror. And before long, you're back at full speed, radio on, checking your text message, and away you go. And so we've we've had a long list of these moments, these tragic moments. Columbine, Sandy Hook, Virginia Tech, Stony Douglas High School, uh, synagogue in Ohio, tex- churches in Texas and South Carolina, nightclub in Florida, concert in Nevada, shopping centers in El Paso, and a restaurant and bar area in Dayton. Uh, this is a long list of places that we've we've really lost in the moment. And so we've we've failed to transform the moment uh, into any kind of forward movement. And so what are we going to do as citizens? What are we going to do? For any moment to turn into a movement, the politics have got to be set aside. The opportunistic partisan fundraising has got to stop. And above all, we've got to get to a discussion around principles and solutions. And so no more shoulder shrugging, no more pointing fingers, placing blame. Uh, We've got to really change the dynamic. And we have to have a serious conversation about all kinds of things. Uh, Should we have conversations about guns, gun safety, gun laws, background checks? Absolutely. Mental health, school security, law enforcement? Of course. All of those things have to be addressed. And, and. We need to talk about the breakdown of families, fatherlessness in America, a culture, a culture of contempt that doesn't value life, social media that breeds contempt, violent video games, Hollywood's promotion of gun violence, online bullying, in-person bullying, teens and anxiety, depression, opioids. There's a host of things that all have to be factored in. But we have to be careful that we don't just get into the knee-jerk reaction uh, and try to just control something by behavior. Because the reality is this, that where there is a void in values, laws and legislation are not going to deter bad behavior. Let me say that again. Where there is a void in values, laws and legislation are not going to deter bad behavior. It just doesn't happen. We'll talk about this with Joseph Grinney. But where values are valued, where values are prioritized, then laws and legislation and good public policy, all of those things can lend strength and certainty, create security, create the kind of environment that we want. And so as we look at all of this, we we need to remember that if we really want to honor those who lost their lives over the weekend, those who've been injured, those who are going to have emotional scars for the rest of their lives, those who have lost loved ones, Uh, who are going to mourn that the rest of their days. If we really want to do that and give honor to those people, then we've got to do something different. We've got to move the country forward. So here we are once again in a very American moment, and I believe we should transform it into an American movement. When we come back, we're going to talk about what is that solution. We are going to call on leaders to do something specific You want to stick around and hear what it is. This is Boyd Matheson, opinion editor of the Deseret News on KSL News Radio. We'll be right back. 
Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. Welcome back, everyone. This is Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News. Thanks for joining us on a Monday. We're continuing to break down the tragedy over the weekend, but more importantly, we're looking for that shift of where do we go from here? What comes next? Uh, if you're just joining us, we have opened up the text line for positive solutions. Have you thought of anything that, man, if we just had this, would that make a difference? Would this improve? And we're going to insert these as we go throughout the afternoon. Uh, And a reminder, this is an extended version of Inside Sources. We'll be with you all the way till 3 o'clock today when we'll hand off uh, one more time to Grant Nielsen, who's sitting in for Jeff Kaplan. Uh, So don't go anywhere. We've got a lot of ground to cover today. Uh, I want to share a couple of the texts uh, that have already come in, some really good, thoughtful responses already. Uh, One texter said, Uh, What about mandatory classes in middle school and high school that really teach kids the life and coping skills? Somehow, if we can help these kids years before they think they want to hurt themselves or others, I think that's a a great solution. I know places like East High School uh, has a a great program like that, and and I'm sure there are others uh, around the state. We will be talking with Jenny Howe on some of these issues uh, as we move into the 1 o'clock hour. She'll join us about one twenty. Uh, Jenny always has great insight uh, on how all of this is playing out. Uh, another interesting text that uh, that came in, obviously there's a few that are talking about uh, guns and semi-automatic weapons and where that should be. We're going to have that conversation with Representative Brian King from a local level, uh, what's going on. And uh, I also love this one, and this is one that uh, I think some networks have really struggled with, uh, but I totally agree with, and that is that we, we need to talk about the victim's uh, by name so that they are personal and real and that we shouldn't uh, focus on the name of the shooter and really give them the thing that they, they really wanted uh, in the end. So anyway, some good uh, good early texts coming in. We appreciate that, as always, on the Utah Community Credit Union text line 57500, only when it's safe, safety first. Uh, all right, so I want to get to a solution. A solution. Because let me tell you what I'm tired of. Uh, I thought the president did a nice job today uh, in terms of laying out what is uh, the key issues. Uh, I think he did a pretty good job of that. And that's, that's a good thing. What I don't want to see, what I do not want to see, is another gang of eight, gang of 16, blue ribbon panel. I'm so tired of blue ribbon, blue ribbon. And we got blue ribbon panels for blue ribbon panels these days. And that is not what we need. Uh, But before I give you the solution, uh, just a real quick hit on the things that uh, President Trump, he laid it out in four specific areas that we need to focus on. Here's number one. First, we must do a better job of identifying and acting on early warning signs. I am directing the Department of Justice to work in partnership with local, state, and federal agencies, as well as social media companies to develop tools that can detect mass shooters before they strike. Okay, so early warning indicators, some great coordination between federal, state, and local uh, in terms of looking for those early warning signs, a real critical piece of the puzzle. Uh, Here's the second thing he talked about. Second, we must stop the glorification of violence in our society. This includes the gruesome and grisly video games that are now commonplace. It is too easy today for troubled youth 
to surround themselves with a culture that celebrates violence. We must stop or substantially reduce this, and it has to begin immediately. Okay, so dealing with video games, and I would add to that, we'll talk about video games. The, uh, the data is out in terms of the direct correlations. Uh, we do seem to be finding that if someone is prone to that kind of violence or uh, outburst, uh, the video games tend to, to exacerbate that and make, it, and make it worse. So we'll continue to kind of run down and find out what we can on that front. Uh, next has to do with mental health. Here's what the president had to say. Third, we must reform our mental health laws to better identify mentally disturbed individuals who may commit acts of violence and make sure those people not only get treatment, but when necessary, involuntary confinement. Okay, so there he is talking about uh, the mental health component to all of this, making sure we have it. We, uh, we just had a, a story in the Deseret News a, a week or so ago on the fact that we have so few counselors in schools, especially high schools, uh, where many of these things often begin. Uh, and so that's another area. And then finally, the president talked about, I think, the thing everyone was waiting for him to address, and that is firearms. Here's what he said. Fourth, we must make sure that those judged to pose a grave risk to public safety do not have access to firearms and that if they do, those firearms can be taken through rapid due process. That is why I have called for red flag laws, also known as extreme risk protection orders. Today, I'm also directing the Department of Justice to propose legislation ensuring that those who commit hate crimes and mass murders face the death penalty and that this capital punishment be delivered quickly, decisively, and without years of needless delay. All right, so th- those are all some very good, very strong words from the president. I think he got it right in terms of the areas that we need to address and, and issues that we need to take care of. The, but the question is, is how do we, again, get past having a moment where everyone comes together and says, yeah, we all agree on that, to actually getting something done? Uh, as as we gathered today and and talked about it here in the uh, the building with our Deseret News colleagues and KSL colleagues, uh, everyone's really frustrated, uh, and I'm really really frustrated uh, because I don't want another blue ribbon panel to say something we already know, and I don't want some gang of eight or gang of sixteen in Congress that will spend six months having meetings, holding hearings, and then tell us what we already know. And then say, but it's just too hard to get that passed right now because now we're in in an election year. And so we have proposed uh, a 21-day solution to the problem to get us started, to get us some forward movement in terms of what we need to do as a country. And it is a leadership test for the president, and it is a leadership test for the leaders of both political parties. So this is what we're calling for. The president needs to tap his vice president and he needs to put him in charge of a four person group, which includes Speaker Nancy Pelosi, House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell and Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer. And under the leadership of the vice president, they've got 21 days to come up with an effective 
bipartisan piece of legislation that can be voted on immediately in the House and the Senate and signed by the president. Because that will do this. It will force a real conversation to happen, not a political conversation to happen. And there will be accountability. Because often what happens is they abdicate to some, you know, gang of eight. And so they'll get four junior Democrats and four junior Republicans and send them off. And then they'll come up with something and people say, well, just not, it's not going to work. We don't have the votes. And leadership gets off the hook. So we're calling for leadership. And if Nancy Pelosi and uh, Chuck Schumer and Mitch McConnell and Kevin McCarthy and the vice president can't get it done, then that is going to shine a light and they don't deserve those jobs. Because if they can't get something done that is the highest of priorities, the safety and security of the American people, that is top on their duty list when they swore an oath of office. If they can't get that done, then we need to move them out. And someone else needs to step up and play that leadership role. Because I'm convinced that most of the solutions, there's already agreement on. There's already agreement on principle and on people, not on politics. And so that's the test. That's our throwdown. President Trump, if you want to lead, call for that. Tap your vice president, Mike Pence. He's got four people, the two leaders of both parties in the House and in the Senate, and they've got 21 days to come up with something for this country, for America. Show some leadership. That's real leadership. Anything else is going to be window dressing, more talk, and before long we're going to be looking in the rearview mirror and our moment will have passed and America will have made no forward movement. All right, don't go anywhere. When we come back after the top of the hour, we'll be joined by Deseret News editor Doug Wilkes talking about what happens in the newsroom and how the newsroom can help move things forward. Stay with us right here on KSL News Radio. We'll be right back. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.